Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. Joined on the star line by the Fort Wayne, Indiana hometown hero. Abandoned in China as a newborn, now on season 20 of NBC's The Voice, we welcome Keegan Farrell. Hey, thank you for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. Keegan, let's go beyond the mic. How has overcoming adversity in your life prepared you for living in Nashville and singing on The Voice? Uh, you know, I think, you know, being adopted and being left without parents initially and then being able to be adopted in the amazing family I have today has, that really has kind of laid the groundwork for anything good that's happened in my life. So I just feel incredibly grateful to have had an experience like that. I consider it a gift and I tried to paint it as such on the show. I didn't want people to feel bad for me. And like you said, I think when you, when you have something like that to tell as one of the first stories in your life, it just sets the tone for the rest of your life to just be grateful and understand that nothing is, nothing is for granted. And I just really take that into each and every day, understanding that each opportunity I get is a gift and I want to make the most of it. So why did you audition? Was it a dare? Was it to prove something to yourself or was it proving to the fellow students of Belmont? Uh, I think there was a few reasons. My, my parents and I used to watch the show. And so they would always just kind of, you know, nudge me on the couch and say, Hey, you should, you should try for that show. And I always just, said, you know, maybe one day I didn't, I kind of shrugged it off, didn't think much about it. And I actually was contacted by a talent producer on the show. And that was when I, I knew I was like, okay, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to pass this up. My parents have been telling me, friends of mine have been telling me my whole life. Now somebody from the show reaches out and um, how it would be stupid of me to pass up an opportunity like that. So one thing led to another and I tried out for the show. So when you first got the call, what was going through your mind? There's going to be some <laughs> losing your mind emotions going through your head. Honestly, I was shocked because I hadn't heard from The Voice in probably two months. So I had just figured that we had gotten to a point in the process where they had whittled it down a little more and I was part of the fact that they trimmed off basically. And I thought, you know, it was worth a shot. I did my best. So I thought I was done. And then to get a call about after two months, after two months of silence, I was shocked. And then I was super excited. I called my mom first thing and she was obviously ecstatic and it was a great feeling. It was surreal. For sure. The blind auditions have to be nerve wracking. Only two judges available to pick you going in. Who did you want to be your coach and why? Well, it's funny you said that actually, because I didn't know that two were full. I, uh, I didn't figure that out until after my audition. So I finished and I was like, Oh sweet. I got two out of them, two of them to turn. And then they told me, and I don't know. I know legends comment made it in the cut, but I, I don't think Nick's did, but they told me, Oh, I, I wish I could have turned, but I am full already. So I didn't know that. Honestly, going into it, I didn't really have any leaning. I told myself, I'm just going to go in and make a game time decision because I thought that would give me the most authentic, raw decision as opposed to having somebody picked out before it even took place. So I just wanted to go and do a good job and then make the decision on the spot. How did you spend the last year in quarantine and how did your time away from fans change the way you appreciate them even more now. Oh yeah. I think it was a tough time for us all. I think musicians kind of have a, a leg up in some respects because it didn't necessarily change my day to day because my day to day is me by myself recording and writing and stuff. So in that regard, I've been in quarantine for the past 15 years. It definitely is great to be around the show, meet these new friends, some of them lifelong friends now, the other artists and just receive an outpouring of support and encouragement from people I know, people I kind of know, people I don't know at all. And that has been incredibly heartwarming and rewarding. And given the context of COVID and everything, it's, I think it's even sweeter. 
who are musicians you've admired growing up? There's there's definitely a lot. I would say Stevie Wonder is usually my first one that I list. I think he's an incredible songwriter, incredible musician as a keyboard player, and he really plays everything, harmonica. So he's somebody I look up to for being a great songwriter, but also having great musicianship. And then I also listened to a lot of John Mayer when I was growing up, and I still do, because same reason, he's an incredible guitar player, songwriter, singer, and I kind of want to be an artist like that who can do all the, all the different sides of the business. Keegan Farrell from season 20 of NBC's The Voice joins us beyond the mic. How has your time with Blake Shelton changed the way you see your music? It's been instrumental for sure. He's instilled a lot of confidence in me. For one, the fact that he would use his last spot on me for the show, that was a really affirming moment. That was when I knew I wanted to choose him, actually, when I, he told me he had one spot left because I didn't know that. And also, he just really helped me kind of step out of when I perform it and not get so analytical about everything. I tend to be, like I said, I'm a musician first, really. So I tend to overanalyze the song and think about which note I'm going to next and that high note that's coming and this part goes to this chord. And he's kind of helped me step out and say, this is about performing. This is about getting people in the audience to connect and feel what you're saying. It's not a formula necessarily. So he's helped me just really grow as a performer and somebody who sends a message more than just hits the right notes in a song. As a producer, this experience has to change the way you actually help others. Oh yeah. That's a really great question. I think one thing that I've learned from the voice coaches is there's a big difference between telling people the way things should sound better and then being constructive and kind in doing so. And I can tend to be somebody who's strong headed. So when I'm producing, sometimes I'll write somebody's idea off pretty quick, but I've learned from Blake and now working with Nick that it's all about working with a person, not just, you know, working for them. It's about working with people. So as a producer, that's something I've learned that I want to take into my production business to just how can I, make this person's project become the best it can possibly be by making them feel comfortable and making them never feel like they can't say an idea because I'm here to work with them and create something special with them, not just for them. Was there something that Dan and Shay told you that made a light bulb come on and go, yeah, wow. Especially back last year when you covered 10,000 hours of theirs. Yeah. They're incredibly down to earth guys. I, I loved having them as mentors. They're super great uh, musical advice, but also just cool dudes. And one thing that Dan and Shay really helped me with was on my song in the battle rounds, I had five high notes, all the same note. I had five to hit and they're top of my range. And I asked Shay directly, I said, Hey man, I know you've got an incredibly high voice. How do you go about preparing yourselves? Not only yourself, not even, not only vocally, but mentally to nail a high note and a big performance and he talked about how he did so at the Grammys. And I remember it because I watched it on TV. He hit this super high note on the last note of the song, Tequila. And he just told me, got to live in the moment. Don't be looking forward to that note, but just take each moment of the song for itself. Let that moment come when it comes and then just don't hold back at all. Any hesitation before you go for it, you're going to mess it up. And I was took his advice and I nailed all five high notes in that song. <laughs> you go into the battles, Blake picks Jordan. One contestant says it is the longest walk because that walk is between your dreams and your future. What's going through your mind when Nick steals you? Yeah. Uh, so much relief, honestly. You can see it on my face. I'm obviously excited, but you can see it on my face in the show that I was just so relieved because you know that there's this chance they steal you. 
So part of you wants to kind of walk slow and you know, make sure they got all the time in the world to make that decision, give them time to think. So each step I took closer to being off stage, I was like, oh, there's my, my chances going down, my chances going down. And I got pretty far off the stage and I thought I was done for sure at that point. And then I hear that button sound and uh, it was probably the, the, just the best feeling I've ever felt. I was so relieved, so excited, and just so thankful that he would believe in me enough to let me move on the competition. We're going beyond the mic with Keegan Farrell from NBC's The Voice. It's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Okay. Now, you've been playing piano since seven. What's the piece that you practice to death that you would never, ever, ever want to play again? Uh, there's a tune called Donna Lee by Charlie Parker. And I played that. I practiced that song to death. So what's the best part of Estes Park, Colorado? Hiking for sure. Going out and snowshoeing, skiing and hiking with my friends. First piano you ever played on. Oh, hmm. It was my, my parents had this piano called a Yamaha Clavinova, just an electric piano. And we had that sitting in my living room. That's the piano I first started messing around on and then eventually started practicing when I took lessons. Who's the person that gives you the best hugs? My mom, for sure. She's she's a hugger, and she's a super warm person in general. So Now, my son's in college. I always ship him his favorite late-night snack. What's yours? Ooh, man. See, I'm not having a hard time thinking of one. I'm having a hard time thinking of which one. Name a couple. Well, I I love Waffle House. I don't know if that's a snack or a meal, but I love Waffle House. And something about Waffle House at nighttime, it doesn't make you feel good in the morning, but it feels great in the moment. It's like... It's, it's just like a bad decision in general, but Waffle House is like my go-to if I'm hungry at late night. <laughs> so are you a smothered, covered? What's your go-to order? I'm a covered guy. What's your nickname your friends call you? Keegs. How about that best concert? What's the best concert you've ever seen? Ooh, best concert I've ever seen. Such a good question. I would say, um, man. I really haven't been to as many concerts as I would have liked. There's an artist named Mac Ayers, who's kind of under the radar. He did this show in Nashville, probably 500 people there. Probably the best concert I've ever seen. What's your favorite tree? <laughs> I'm going to have to say aspen tree or pine tree, because those are the ones that are in Colorado. So it just reminds me of hiking. We're going beyond the mic with Keegan Farrell from NBC's The Voice. It's time for the back half. Tell me about the time your cat locked itself in your bathroom and you couldn't get in. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That was quite the ordeal. My, my cat somehow managed to go in the bathroom. Then he managed to open a drawer so that the drawer is here. And then this is the door. So the drawer sticks out. So now the door can't open. And so I had no idea what to do. Cause like you can't reach into the crack and open the door. So we tried using a hanger, but the hanger doesn't, you know, nothing was strong enough to pull the door open. So I honestly don't even remember. We had to call maintenance. They literally took the door off so I could get my stupid cat out of the bathroom and without, without breaking the drawer or my door or my cat. So yeah, that was quite, quite the experience. (laughs) Talk about the support you've gotten from your family, friends, and community. What would your grandma think of your time on the voice? Uh, it was, it's been incredible. My family is obviously so excited. My mom is going nuts. She's my biggest fan for sure. And it's really cool to have people from Fort Wayne, especially reaching out to me and encouraging me and, and telling me that the city's got my back. Cause I loved growing up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So to have Fort Wayne and the news channels in Fort Wayne and a lot of people messaging me and just giving me the encouragement that 
I don't think people realize it's really important for us artists to have. That's been incredible. People change. You said that on social media once. Quote, college changes people is 100% true. That can be good or bad. I say this. Most of my best friends have made just about zero effort to stay in touch. Well, I've tried very hard. Being ignored is hard, but it helps you know who actually cares and who doesn't. Biggest thing I ever learned, unquote. How has the friendships on The Voice with the group texts, chats, and even the Bible study been different than those in college? Yeah. Well, first of all, I've, I, I now remember tweeting that, and that's probably the most passive-aggressive thing I've ever tweeted in my life. So I apologize, that you, Sean, that you've been exposed to that side of me from three years ago. I wish I wouldn't have said that. But I can sense a lot of immaturity in myself there. I think the, guy, the people I met at The Voice, I've told this to every single person that I've talked about with The Voice. There is not a person on this season that people shouldn't be rooting for. There's not somebody who's a tough personality. There's not somebody who's rude. These people are some of the most genuine people I've ever met in my life. So I really do think that I've made some lifelong friends. I really am embarrassed that I, I said that three years ago, but I don't think I'll have any issues like that with the people I've met through the show. Cause I seriously have made some true, like just brothers and sisters from the show. And I think we have a special bond. Who are the performers on the voice that you formed tight bonds with and you want to work with in the future? My two closest friends from it. One is Connor Christian. He's on team Blake and he is an incredible guitar player, incredible singer. And we've, we've actually already recorded some songs together while we were in LA. I brought my recording gear and a microphone, so we did some stuff. And he's one of my closest friends now. And then also Andrew Marshall, who is, I guess, now on my team, Team Nick. He is another one of my really good friends from the show. And those guys, we just clicked instantly, and we talk every day. It's time for one big question. Keegan, how has your year gone? There's been some anti-Asian hate around the country, and here you are, doing whatever it takes to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been really concerning for me to read about and see stories about. I, my parents have made sure that I just know what's going on so I can be safe and take care of myself. I haven't experienced anything yet, and I obviously hope to God that I don't, but it's just been really discouraging for me, especially as somebody who's you know proud to be from China, proud of my Asian heritage, and proud to represent it on the voice like you know i'm pro- I'm the only asian on this season that's something that i thought was super exciting and cool and that actually now that you mention it i think that kind of makes this whole experience even more exciting rewarding is in this current time where there's this anti-asian sentiment going around it's cool to be able to represent in a positive way doing what i love on a big stage and i hope that people who might feel discouraged especially i hope they can look at me on TV, on The Voice, and have a little hope. I hope it makes them smile that I'm be able to represent the culture. But it, it definitely is really discouraging to hear about. The Voice experience changes lives. How have you seen your life change? Yeah, I think the biggest way is meeting my friends through the show. I think those friendships outlast the show by far. Not that the show isn't amazing, but you know, next in a few months, season 21 will be underway. And people won't really remember us from being on season 20 but the friendships that you make will last a long time hopefully a lifetime with some of these people i've met so i think that's one and then two it's just the first time i ever had people other than my family and friends interested in what i do and interested in my passion for music and that's super exciting to have people messaging me that i've never met before people telling me they're rooting for me never had that in my life so i'm really excited to keep putting out music and keep growing the fan base and 
hopefully sharing my music with more and more people. I'm putting out a single that's a acoustic version of She Will Be Loved, my audition song. So I've got that ready to go once I can put music out again. And hopefully people will identify me with that song from my blind audition and, and have fun listening to it. What do you have to tell your fans? I would just say thank you. I would say the encouragement. Every time that I, I receive a message, I take the time to reply to it because I know it takes people's time to send me a message and tell me they're rooting for me, tell me they're supporting me. And I'm not just scrolling through as fast as I can saying thank you to people. I actually mean it. And I would also say that, especially to those people who have messaged me with stories of adoption and sent me pictures of their families, talked about how they were adopted, they've adopted children. That's something that's really the most exciting thing for me is because that was basically the centerpiece of my story. So for my fans that have related to me, especially because they have an adoption story, I just want to say thank you for sharing that with me. And I'm so, so glad that my story is able to encourage people and they can relate to the beauty of adoption, something that's affected me a lot and allowed me to be here. His friends call him Keegs. He loves snacking at the Waffle House and loves his mom's hugs. Wow. From season 20 of NBC's The Voice, we thank Keegan Farrell for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. And that, my friends, is Beyond Mike. Thank you.